I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. I say greetings and salutations. This is your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Brandon Kobe Jacobs. Can you believe that we are five episodes in? It's amazing. I can't believe it. I can't believe the reception. I can't believe the positivity. I can't believe how many people are looking forward to being on the podcast. I mean, when I first started this, you know, I I had my own aspirations. I I was hoping that it would do well. I had no idea that my friends, uh, co-workers, fellow supporters, uh, people that I work with in the industry would be so excited and so enthusiastic to get on my podcast, to share a little bit of knowledge, information with my listeners. And at the same time, just provide me with their knowledge on my platform, which is tremendously invaluable. So I hope that You guys have gained something from everyone that has been on the podcast thus far, that you find this to be valuable, and that you tell a friend, and that you pass it along, and that you like, and subscribe, and all those other cool metrics-based things that uh, allow podcasts to continue to go on, and move, and and do their thing. That being said, today on this episode of The Established 1984 Podcast, I have someone who, I can't say that they're a friend, but... I can say I have been a legitimate fan of this person for a very long time. His name is Belize. He used to go by traffic. Uh, He is a Jacksonville native and probably uh, one of the standout artists uh, in in Duval. Probably in the last, I'd say, six to seven years, he has really taken his game to a whole nother level. But you'll get an opportunity to talk to him about all of the things that he has been doing, the things that he did to get him to this point, uh, the work that he's currently doing with uh, DJ Bigger Rankin, and just everything that he has going on. I, I encourage you, if you're a rapper's rapper, to really take heed, listen to everything that he's saying, because he's going to say some valuable information. So I don't want to hold up things too long. I, I, I don't want to drag it on. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it on. My interview with Belize. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what to do what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You are listening to The Established 1984 Podcast. And today on my show, man, I have uh, somebody that... I never actually had an opportunity to sit down and chat with like this. Um, looking forward to this conversation today, man. Uh, he is uh, probably one of the most prolific uh, artists in Duval right now, man. He has been doing some amazing work for several years now. I've uh, I've watched him from afar and admired everything that he's done. I think that he knows that I'm a fan because I've constantly hit him up about music and things like that. Um, I believe it was the Red Pill mixtape was the first uh, mixtape that I kind of got on. But I, I've got my homeboy. Uh, I don't know what he's going by today. I met him as Traffic. Uh, you guys may now know him as Belize. Belize, sir, how are you? What's going on, man? Belize checking in the building on side for the field creep ball. Man, what's popping off? Oh, ain't, uh, that, man, ain't that, man, man. I'm so proud and so happy to uh, to see that you're continuing to do well, man. And, and I'm excited about us getting the chance to finally sit down and chat. I think it's a, a long time overdue. Right. Definitely that. Yeah. Definitely. I've been checking you out on the low, too, on my end. <laughs> you grind over the years and all that, write books and all that. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And just to see you stay, you know what I'm saying? You standing in the paint going in for yours, you know what I'm saying? It's respect. 
Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. I I guess to start from the beginning, I guess we we, we should start with uh with how I met you, and I think I met you through Vernon when Vernon had the uh, was it a Wednesday night or something that he was doing uh um downtown. No, nah, the one that I think it was down, the one downtown. No, downtown with uh, I know I know what you're talking about. They started the little the, the club thing. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. It's like an Irish pub type situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. Down there by the Bell South AT and T building. Yeah. I'm surprised, and I don't know why I didn't know that you were from Jacksonville initially. I don't know if I was talking to your manager or somebody, but I don't know. Every time I, I think about you, I hear something about Seattle. I, is that familiar to you at all? Am I, am I just making that up? Like, I, I don't remember. <laughs> no, 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 not Seattle. Okay. Uh, I, I got some folks out there, though. Okay. I, I've been out there a few times, but okay. I don't, nah, nah, nah. Not in correlation to what I got going on. Nah. Okay, so you're from Jacksonville. You graduated from Reigns, correct? Reigns. Yeah, when you remember Reigns. Okay, so what, what, what was it like coming up, man? I mean, what, what was it like coming up through high school and stuff like that? Were you involved in music then, or, or were you doing other things? Yeah, 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 I was, yeah, I was doing music back then. Um, I did my first song with Ivory, Ivory from Point Blank. Norm Lines, a dude named Tough Junkie. I don't know if you know Tough Junkie. Oh, man. yeah, I know Tough but Junkie. He, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's my brother. That's why, I, that's why I initially started doing music with, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And after that, I wound up doing, uh, I did the song with Chosen Few, with Ivory Lee and uh, Clint Wayne, everybody, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, did a record with them. Um, and then after that, I just, I just was writing, 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 because I had no access to the studio. All I had was, it was just me and Tough, you know what I'm saying, Tough Junkie, TJ, at his grandma house, rapping over tapes and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know that you came up with Chosen Few, man. That's that's crazy, because, you know, they're recognized locally as probably <coughs> one of the most influential, from a local standpoint, groups uh, to ever come out mm-hmm. of Duval, especially with kind of like their, their overreaching impact on everything as far as from promotions to music. I mean, a lot of those guys have have, have gone on to do other things, but even with Ivory, uh, he, he wow, I, I had no idea that you had that you had worked with those guys. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 back in high school, yeah. The boys were going for it. I was too. They heard about me and it rains and they, they, they reached out. You know what I'm saying? I was with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything else is history. All that's still cool now. This day, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So, it's cool. a good relationship. So, uh, what was it? What was it? What was it like working with Ivory back then? I, I mean, I know what kind of artist he is now. I, I compliment him all the time. But, uh, but I mean, what was he like when he was uh, in those younger years with Chosen Fruit? Few. What was that? Uh, what was that working with him like that? I mean, I went with him every. I went with him every day and nothing like that. But mm-hmm. that that time in the mu uh, in the studio out there on Blanding, uh, at the Muse Muse Studio, right. <clears throat> he was real. He was real meticulous on how he wanted it, and real. You know what I'm saying? Real quick, like you know what I'm saying? Because I had like a day to write the verse or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. he, was, I wasn't done by the time I got to the studio. You know what I'm saying? But he was real. He he knew exactly what he wanted. He was a visionary, so. That's one thing I really could uh, 
really could say about him, you know what I'm saying, that I remember that stuck out to me back then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going through your, I'm going through your, I'm perusing your, uh, your Facebook right now, and I'm looking in here, and I, I, I see some, uh, something in here about Air Force. What, what was the, what was mm-hmm. that about? You were in the Air Force? Yeah, yeah, definitely was in the Air Force. Did contract work, did all that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, were you still yeah. rapping and doing stuff then, or had you kind of put that on the back burner to kind of take that career in, in nah, the military? Nah, man, that was that. That was some fresh out of high school type situation, man. As soon as I got out of high school, I went and jumped in the Air Force, man, because it wasn't no, it wasn't no real opportunity like that. You know what I'm saying? I had to just got shot at. You know what I'm saying? And all that right there. So I had to win and um, uh, <clears throat> went on, went on in the Air Force and um, did my little thing. But I was still getting the trouble in the Air Force. Still doing the same, same shit I was doing when I was out. You know what I'm saying? Still, but I was. Learn pretty much learning how to get away with it, cause if you can get away with it with them, cause that was pretty much like the 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 political branch of the military. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you really learn how people work when you when you dealing with that right there. You know what I'm saying? But I was definitely in that. But I learned I I, I learned how to how to be more. I was more. It, it made me more creative on how to do things. You know what I'm saying? Right. Be more strategic. <laughs> I feel you on that, and the funny thing is, is we we actually have that in common. Three twenty second training squadron at Lackland Air Force Base in two thousand two. They put oh, yeah. me they put me out too. I went to the three nineteenth. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Look, 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 look. They ain't put me out, man. I was smart enough to get my money. I, I, I should get my money to just stay boss. <laughs> yeah, I was I was wilding out on him, man. I had I ended up having to go sit down. So. But yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit more offline. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they, they Okay, so you come home. Mm-hmm. You come home after after doing the military thing. Uh, the, what is the what is the process that gets you to to MPM? Because I know that that's kind of pretty much been the label that I've always known you to be identified with. I'm not sure if you own mm-hmm. that label or whether or not you just signed to that label or what that situation is like, but. Can you kind of talk about the transition to from you know the military stuff to getting the MPM and, and that coming to fruition and just kind of describe what MPM not so much means because I know it means motion picture music but what it means to you mm-hmm. and your team at, 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 you know from that standpoint. I I'm right now currently signed to um, motion pictures motion picture music is mine. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Okay, I in the Infinite House Group is uh. It's a conglomerate between Bigger Rackins and Peanut. Okay. Myself and Clinton, and Clinton Wayne. You know what I'm saying? And we, we have, you know what I'm saying, this artist under the label also. But the transition from the military onto motion picture music started out with, you know what I'm saying, me just making music, freestyling or whatever, and in the street running around. You understand what I'm saying? And in between those times, I'm watching more. I used to take. I used to I used to run to the movies and always watch always watch uh, movies or whatever. And when I watch movies, I think about songs that I make. That's where the term came from, motion picture music, because those was the type of songs that I was initially making. You know what I'm saying? Right. To where it was it was sample heavy and all that, and and, and it sounded like it could have been a movie score to a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like a serious drama movie, like Warner Brothers and all that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, once, once I once I 
took that term and coined it to the label, I started shooting for 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 music like that. You know what I'm saying? That that probably had a lot to do with me not having the popularity that I I, I that I figured I should have or whatever in the beginning, mm-hmm. as opposed to what's going on right now. Everybody kind of seeing the wave and want to go swim. You know what I'm saying? So that's really that that's really what was. That's that was a transition to it, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just getting into that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess for me, I'm surprised that yeah. I I've kind of said the same things to Swords before. Um, when I talked to him about some of those challenges as far as people not not being as receptive to his talent as those who are clear on what talent looks like are. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I guess my, I'm surprised that that you didn't resonate initially. Is the Red Pill mixtape kind of like? I'm not saying it's your first song, obviously, because you told me about Ivory and things like that. But the Red Pill mixtape is sort of kind of like your, like your grand mm-hmm. entrance to the to the to the industry and to the community and whatnot. I mean, how was that received? Yeah. Because I mean, I know I know how I received it. I, I mean, you've heard me talk about it for years. Hello, goodbye was on there. The Superstar record yeah, that was on yeah. there. You know what uh, I'm saying? So uh, Omen was was crazy. I, I mean, like I think that for yeah. a lot of people, maybe there were there were a lot of album cuts on there, but there was nothing that was bad on there. So, what was the reception like from right. from your standpoint? I mean, I mean, it's, it's 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 different types of listeners. You know what I'm saying? There's people that listen for club uh, club songs, people that listen for hits, there's people that listen for trap songs. You know what I'm saying? There's different types of listeners because there's people that go through different types of types of shit in their life. You understand what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. people that go to work. You got people that's really in a trap. You got robbers. You got corporate motherfuckers, you got military motherfuckers, and you know what I'm saying? You can't please all these motherfucking people. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, you have to be rolled up into one and really to to really appeal to these people, so you got to kind of pick your poison. And the poison that I picked was people that work, people that sell sell drugs, and the other people, like, I wanted to, I, I ain't want to appear as a dummy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To, to people when I made music and shit like that so when it came out it was those are the people that recepted it well they they received the information well you know what i'm saying the people that was uh uh the, the lower end of the robbing and all that breaking the house they they ain't know what the fuck i was talking about they they just they ain't they ain't know so those those people at the bottom row they qualify as the streets not to be disrespectful or nothing like that but those are just yeah, that's the street. That's what's speaking for the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to get into their mind frame. Right. And I wasn't speaking to them. So it didn't appear to them. It appeared to people that like hits and all that type of stuff. And those people didn't really grab records like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it didn't make no noise how I thought it would have made noise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, but for, for those of us in the, in the in the industry and in the community... Like I said, you you you've known for years that I've that I've been a fan. I've, I've always uh, spoken right. highly of you from afar. I mean, what was the reception like from the bigger rankings of the world? Uh, you know, from the Ivories and and then Derek Washingtons and and just kind of everybody who I guess are more kind of industry folks. What was the reception on that mm-hmm. mixtape from those kind of people? Uh, they, I mean, uh, I re- I really liked it. Bigger heard it, he liked it, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm on tour with Bigger, you know what I'm saying, all the time now, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. he told me for you he told me firsthand in which I respect. He was like, Man, you sounded like a New York nigga. I couldn't make no I couldn't make no money with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was like, Man, you have to you have to appeal to 
the people in the street, you know what I'm saying? So when he heard the new music, that's when he was like, okay, I can work with this. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It all boiled down to a money thing with these folks. Went to, you know what I'm saying? Even Ivory, I was like, y'all, the song's cool. But when he say cool, he don't mean that the song is, is just all right. He's saying the song's good for me, but everybody in the club ain't going to fuck with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's always a different thing. So people that don't go to the club, they don't understand that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's what that that's what that was. Everybody liked the music, but it ain't nothing to get them no money. So they're not really playing that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's you. what a lot of a lot of a lot of artists need to understand that part of the whole shit. Like you can make music for you, but you know what I'm saying? You got to you got to bounce in both worlds. Cause if you ain't if, if they don't feel like they can make some money off your music like make niggas want to do this down the third and they not gonna play it like it don't make sense to play it you know what I'm mean? saying I feel you on that but I guess I guess kind of my reply to that and I want to kind of get some feedback from you on that is we live in a world now where you have a J. Cole, where you where you have a Kendrick uh-huh. Lamar and there are records uh-huh. that they're making albums that that don't necessarily have like hit singles that they get off in the club and shit like that so can you kind of I mean you can live in a world like that now. Why do you think that that wasn't effective then? And why do you think that it seems to be that there are artists out here now who are thriving, making cash, touring, doing shows that are doing kind of a lot of what you were doing six years ago, six or seven years ago, where you're just making quality music that resonates with your fan base? Why, why do you think that, that it didn't work for you then and it's working for people now? I mean, it's a different time. And, and you know, people have investors silent investors that don't don't tell you nothing and 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 and, and it's a lot it's, it's smoke and mirrors also but the the beauty to to people that don't don't really like put their cash on the scene or not like that like the j coles the artists that don't do that really you know what i'm saying the beauty to that is it just it, they just pour it back into their art you understand what i'm saying yeah. like you gotta you, you gotta you gotta understand all the people you talking about people like j cole how they got introduced to everybody. Now, you didn't know nothing about J. Cole till you heard, you know what I'm saying, Rock Nation had signed a man. He came out under Jay-Z and all of a sudden he everywhere. Video everywhere. Mixtape everywhere. Like you have to pay for all that. So for an independent dude that's getting it out of the mud, but got an investor, he got to see got to spend that on all that. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to Jay Z just snapping his finger and probably not even paying for it because they want a the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's it, it's it's different. But I don't feel no kind of way because it just was a time for that. I knew it came back around, but it just wasn't wasn't the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm cool with it though. I ain't I ain't really I ain't really got no smoke about that situation right there though. Okay. Now, <clears throat> what has been your experience as a Duval artist? I mean, I know. Uh, has the city received you well? Um, it seems like like a lot of times a lot of artists have to leave leave the city, build their name up, and then come back. Is that kind of your experience, or or have you pretty much been positively received throughout? I mean, uh, I I've been on like four, I think four tours, four tours were big in the West Coast, so with uh, Bill and Knight. Everybody on the West Coast received received baseball well and a mixtape, uh, no parameters well. People on the East Coast, North Carolina, they received the music well. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
Georgia, so-so, Florida, not really. You know what I'm saying? They liked it, but they was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? The song too long. Midwest, Kansas City, Detroit, Chicago, all that, love me. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All them, all them love me, but the market is different. They still sell CDs at the CD shop like Big Al's used to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a different, it's a, it's a different world right there. You know what I'm saying? That along I-10, like Mobile, Alabama, Birmingham, uh, Columbus, Georgia, all that down that way, all the way Lafayette, New Orleans, they're fucking with me heavy. So for them, for them to see. Have it, have it visually documented and then putting it online and putting it on my Instagram and showing people back home what everybody else doing. It looked like it's cool to go in and support Buddy now because everybody else do. Maybe I can listen to Dog now because if they see something I ain't seeing, maybe I'm tripping. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you, you making that question known in their mind to the hometown. Like, man, am I tripping? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. all you really doing when you leave the city and you come back and these people is on board. Like, you can't feel no kind of way like, oh, I've been here the whole time. I come back home. Now y'all on my dick. Nah, it ain't that. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really science for real. Like, when you leave and you document everything, everybody jumping to it. Okay, who is that? Damn, dog from here. Why I ain't never... You understand? When right. that question gets spoke to they sell, like, why I ain't never heard it? Like, what, like, what's going? Like, don't nobody want to feel like they're missing the next shit that's mm-hmm. cracking off. You know what I'm saying? Nobody want to miss, especially if you're a music head. You know what I'm saying? You ain't really trying to miss no kind of boat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. that's all that shit is. When you come back home and they fucking wish it's just they see you working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just see you working. You just gotta work. No. I, I hear I've heard you talk about Bigger several times. I, I knew that you were working with him. Now, what's that relationship like? Um, where did that kind of foster itself? Because I don't remember it really being there. Kind of when I met you back in '09 and stuff like that. But um, what? How did that relationship kind of foster itself to where you guys work together as much as you do now? And what is that relationship like on a day in day out basis? Man, you know, call check on me. You know, it's it's cool, man. We like we pretty much like brothers, man. You know what I'm saying? I just rap with him. He rap with me. He talk about music. Hey, you might want to do this on your Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Just give me game all the time. Game, game, game. You know what I'm saying? Putting people, putting people on the music. You know, just, just letting me know like, hey, you might want to do this. You might want to do that. But I try not to. I try not to worry, dog. You know what I'm saying? Because you have a whole lot of stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got, I, I got love for brother because I. Now that I'm on the road with him, I understand how his mind works, and I, I stay out of his way, you know what I'm saying, to a certain extent, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, to try to be as productive as possible. At the same time, with being out of his way, just kind of watch what he's doing and soak that game up like that because asking a question, you ain't going to always get what you want to get from the answer. You do better by watching how right. they move without you asking the question. they answer with their the actions instead of what they say, you know what I'm saying? So it's been a blessing for real, for real. We've been learning a lot. Me and, me and Peanut and Clint Wayne, you know what I'm saying? We all been learning a lot, man. It's been a blessing for real. Be real stuff. with you, Good stuff. Now, mm-hmm. uh, one thing that I will say, and this may just be the fact that I live in Atlanta now, but I haven't seen you work much mm-hmm. with other local artists like Cash, Swords, Tokyo Jets, Young mm-hmm. Trap. 
etc. And Trap Sign yeah. now, is there any reason why there hasn't been as much kind of collective working together, camaraderie, you know, doing songs that lead to singles together between you guys, especially with a lot of us uh, locally who, who kind of view ourselves as industry folks, kind of often compare you and Swords to each other as far as talent level is concerned. Is there any reason why, you know, there, there isn't as more working together between you guys? Nah, the the I'm a I'm a I'm gonna tell you the reason. I don't I don't uh I don't really do that. I try to do I try to do features, but I don't want to do features. You know what I'm saying? Because I want everything that I have going on. I want to make it first. Like I see I see artists and I see everything that some I, I don't see everything that they're missing, but I see little small things that they may be missing, and I know how far it's gonna go. You know what I'm saying? Before before the record get made. It don't matter how good the song we make in the city right now. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter how good it is if everybody's not capable to do the same thing. If both ends can't push uh, uh, the same amount. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. if, if I could, I, I might could put some shit on Worldstar or whatever. I might... You know what I'm saying? Now, I would want to see whoever I do the song with to try to do the same thing on their end or meet me halfway or what or, or what have you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, BT Jams, if it's a good if it's a good thing going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if we both can't do that, it'll just be a waste of money and a waste of time. And we don't, don't nobody want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Don't nobody want to throw away the cash and do all that. So my thing is to go ahead and get in the position to where that won't be the problem. Mm-hmm. I had these relationships already before I do a song with somebody from my city and start putting money in my people's pocket. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's my that's my goal. My goal is more long long term. It's not to do to do records and records and records and records and records and just sit on them. Mm-hmm. There have to be a plan in motion for me to do anything. You know what I'm saying? I have to have a plan in motion. And right now, I have time to sit down with sit down with artists and um, um, go over different plans. When I still haven't finished my own plan, you know what I'm saying? Taking away from what we've been spending all our cash on, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I dig what so, you're saying. I just know that I just know yeah, that yeah. like it, guys it, like it ain't no yeah yeah guys like no you and Cash and you and Trap. You're like that. I feel like you guys, you know, it's from a label standpoint, from financing, mm-hmm. from uh, networking connections. I mean, there's the ability mm-hmm. there, at least between uh, Trap and his team and Cash. Yeah. And his team, there yeah. there could be some stuff being done together. I just was curious why why it hadn't. I didn't know if there was some some energy or something going on there that that had led to oh, those things no, not taking no, place. No, no, no. Nah, I don't got no smoke. None of them. But I just seen trap at the um. I just seen trap at the uh, um. Well, I seen trap at uh in Orlando and oh. uh, Sierra. Okay. Sierra uh, thing in Orlando, she had to get together with a whole bunch of um, a bunch of uh, music folks. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And Cash, Cash in the song. You know what I'm saying? The uh, the work on. Uh, I did a record with T. Ron already. Okay. I don't know if he's gonna release that or not. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing work, but I just ain't been on it like that. I got one with Puerto Rico on the new one. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even know if that's. We were saying working with him. Oh, and um, what's the name? Sent me a record. I ain't, I ain't even work on. I ain't know it was him. To keep it real, which who was that? Matter of fact, he did send it. Um, um, Van from uh, 69 Boys. Okay, man. okay. He sent, he sent me a record too, man. 
You know what I'm saying? That was a blessing too, but I told him, you know what I'm saying? Shoot up when I get a minute out, you know what I'm saying? I look into it, but I ain't had no minute. You know what I'm saying? So. All right, I just was kind of wondering what the, what the what the situation was like on that. Now, another thing that I, I really appreciated and I liked, and I, I had tagged other people in it. I put it on BrandonCoverJacobs.com. The uh the the take series that you were doing. Uh, you had take one, take two, take three, so on and so forth. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've always been curious. Was that inspired by the J Electronica exhibit A, B, and C series? Because I saw some similarities there. Like, where did that come from? I was wondering if it if it was inspired through that or, or just kind of how that all developed. Nah, I ain't, I ain't know he did a take one or take two. I, I know he did the exhibit A, exhibit B. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying he did those. I just was curious how because it, it felt it kind of had that same feel. You know what I'm saying? Like. I was just wondering if yeah, you were inspired yeah, thought, by that or, or where, how your tape series nah, came about. Nah, I wasn't. I, I wasn't inspired by that. But the motion picture music, you know, when they, you know, and it's a new, it's a new scene. They might be like take one. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then the next scene would be take two. So it all was in correlation to motion picture music, like to a movie. You know what I'm saying? But okay. I never dropped the tape, which is cool. I just want to do videos anyway. <laughs> all of it was dope, though, man. I really, I really enjoyed all of it, man. It was just. And I just saw the I just saw the similarities. I was like, hmm. I said, I wonder where this, I wonder where this came from. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, I went for Jay Lights Electronica. Mm-hmm. But shout out to him though. I, I, I like Jay though. Yeah, and he, he had some of the. I think he faces some of the same challenges that you faced early on that you were describing earlier. From the standpoint of he's from New Orleans, but a lot of people would be like, that nigga sound like he's from Philadelphia or New York or some shit like that. Like you know what I'm saying? So he hasn't resonated in the same way with his hometown as far as what they expect to hear because they they expect to hear a little water right. and all that all that kind of shit, and that's not him. Yeah. Uh, he grew up around that shit, though. That nigga from Magnolia. Yeah. My nigga grew up around that shit. It ain't green at all. <laughs> not at all. Nah, not at all. all. Now, one thing that I will say that I, I know about you, I said ultimately uh, you're facing some of the same challenges that Cash Schwartz, Shout Out, and many others have faced. Uh, you've been around so long that time is catching up with you. Um, do you find that to be something that you concern yourself with, or do you look at it more as a benefit? Like, like like it happened with two chains where he was getting older and a lot of people were like oh, you know how this is a young man's game and they go oh okay well you only got so long that you can be in this game and uh, you know or whatever do you feel like that, that it's a benefit the time that you've been in or do you feel like you know time is kind of kind of uh you know hunt, hunting you down if you will Nah, nah, I mean, it ain't no, it really ain't no pressure on me, man. I just be, I just be, I just be, ride, I just ride the wave, man. I, you know, that's what life is about, man. You, you ride the wave, you experience shit, man. The more, the more anxious you become, the more, the, the, the higher the possibilities, you're gonna probably do some dumb ass shit, sign some stupid ass contract, and just do some stupid shit, man. You, you know what I'm saying? You can't never let the pressure get the best of you, man. I mean, it, I mean, it's it, it's a it can be pressure there, but it ain't no pressure for me. I mean, I know what I'm gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't plan on right here getting niggas infections for ten for the next ten years by rap music, man. I ain't this shit cool. You feel me? But it, it this shit ain't no. You know what I'm saying? This shit alright, but it's cool. You know what I'm saying? They better just fuck with me now. I appreciate. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate if everybody fuck with me now. That'd be cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't gonna do this shit forever, my nigga. I'm chilling. 
you know, that's the aspect of the game that I understand back then. I ain't understand you have to be, like, you have to be different. If you're not different, if it, like, let, like, let's say right now, everybody rap like Migos, right? Yep. Right? Okay. Yep. Check. If a nigga come in and he rapping like Biggie right now, and he sound better than Biggie, but sound like Biggie, he gonna win. Yeah, I mean he gonna he gonna win. That's the same. That's the same thing with that. Used to that right there. That's the same thing with that with the with that girl, uh, Young M A, where she came in with that ooh shit, but then she did that record E, and everybody went ape shit over that because it was some shit that they hadn't heard in a long time. Which that flow is, I mean that shit normal from when we grew up because we about the same age. I graduated from First Coast in two thousand two, so we we right up there in the same age bracket. But I mean when we was coming up. But um, I say all that to say that, like, you know, that was the kind of flow that we grew up on. So for, when we hear that shit, we go, oh, that's nothing new. I've heard that before. But for some of these young cats, they hearing that shit and they like, wow, I ain't never heard nothing like this before. And they playing it over again and they they resharing it and all that kind of shit on Facebook and on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And we just looking like, that, that's some new shit. But yeah, I feel you on that. Like, it definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as a, as a, I, I'm, I'm talking like it's a bunch of musicians listening to this shit, niggas that rap or whatever. But mm-hmm. man, if you if you look, if you pay attention to this shit, man, that shit is just is just something that niggas it, niggas have just been doing. Like they just bring the old shit back, and plus you gotta understand, every four years, man, this this kids graduating out of high school, man. Mm-hmm. Every three years they graduating out of middle school, right? You know what I'm saying? Them new listeners every three, like every three years, every four years, you got new listeners. And once they, after the four years, they're doing what the fuck they want to do for another four years after that. Mm-hmm. So just listening to new shit, shit that they ain't never heard. Big D out here saying shit. That's what my daddy used to listen to. I, heard, I used to like shit like, like you know what? You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. as a consumer, they never heard this shit in their whole life. This motherfucker's being born right now. All they heard was Migo rap. Right. Like, you, that's all they ever heard. You know what I'm saying? Migo rap, and the mumble rap hear, shit, Young Thug, all that kind right. of Right, and then, yeah, yeah, and then when they hear shit like Young M.A., they ain't never ever heard no shit like that in their fucking life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess... be a money maker. I guess from, from my standpoint, I kind of want to give, obviously, yeah, a lot of my listeners are people who are in the music industry, people who want to be in the music industry, things like that. That's a lot of people who listen to this podcast. From the experience that you've gone through over all of these years being in the industry, can you kind of give a little bit of insight to up-and-coming artists, uh, talk a little bit about some of the challenges that they might face and what they need to be mindful of in, in navigating their way through the industry? Uh, uh, let me tell you what my dog Q told me. Um, my dog Q like, uh, I think say, man, once you get in this shit, it's like, man, never ever play yourself. Like, don't never, like, don't get in the nigga's business. Like, you might meet a DJ that's beefing with another DJ. You might know both DJs, man. Mind your motherfucking business. Don't get in them people's business, man. Let them niggas settle their shit. They say anything to you about the other one, tell them to go tell that man. I don't know nothing about none of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stay out of niggas' business. Don't never talk bad about another nigga to another nigga you done just met. You know what I'm saying? Nigga may, nigga may have played you. You know what I'm saying? Man, did you wrong or whatever. 
you keep that shit to yourself. You have to play chess at all times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Another thing is you need to go ahead and get your money together or go try to find an investor so you can do the shit that you need. Another thing is to go ahead and get your brand together. Like uh, uh, like when I say when I say brand, I mean when you post pictures, your pictures need to be a good ass. It need to be a good ass picture on IG. You need to have your videos need to look a certain kind of way. Nothing less. You should have to compete with what's going on out here with the big dogs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, everything has to look good. Uh, the clothes, how you wear your clothes. You know what I'm saying? Skinnies or whatever. However you dressing. You know what I'm saying? You just need to have a particular look about yourself. This is what the industry used to call the image. Right. But they call it a brand now. Your brand, you're like, what's your brand? Like, what you got going on? What's the face of the brand? How you, you know what I'm saying? Right. You might be a nerd nigga, uh, you know what I'm saying? Wearing glasses. Yeah, the backpack. Ball cap. Cap. Yeah, you might look like a backpack dude, but talking about gangster shit. It'll right. throw you off, but it's a brand. You know what I'm saying? It's different. You know what I'm saying? So, that's, those the major, major things you have to do, man. Major, major things. Like, that's what, that's, that's what's going to get you noticed. You know what I'm saying? And try to have your team already in order, man. When you get signed, make sure you have your team in order. Your team is in order, nigga. That nigga that concentrate on brands, nigga that concentrate on videos, nigga that concentrate on CDs, nigga that concentrate on getting uh not CDs but your music being promoted the right way. You got a nigga that's talking to everybody, all promoters all the time, getting you shit, getting shit done, uh, uh shows and all that. All that shit happened. Internet presence, all that shit. Because yeah. if you think about it, ain't no way in hell you can be on Instagram all day doing live videos and record. Right. <laughs> all day long. This shit is impossible. If, if you actually sit down and do the math, this shit is impossible for real. Like, you got niggas saying, oh yeah, I do all this shit and what? No. No. Hell no. This shit, this shit is impossible. Like, nigga, you do all this shit, you get on IG, you do that for like an hour, you go record got to do at least two or three songs, at least hooks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do all that. You ain't even ate yet, nigga. Like, you you mean to tell me you don't eat? Yeah. You serious? Yeah. You doing all this shit and you, don't, you have to do all this shit, man. So it's impossible. So yeah, you have to have a team around you, man. They at least remind you to do all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, what, what are what are the current projects that, that Belize has going on? What's uh what's out there in the streets right now? What's upcoming that 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 folks can kind of gravitate towards? Uh, right now I have a project in the street right now hosted by Bigger Rankers. It's called Under the Mattress. You know what I'm saying? We got features ranging from uh, Nipsey Hussle, uh, Mozzie from uh, Sacramento. Um, we got Young Greatness on the project from New Orleans. We okay. have um, uh, we have Q. You know what I'm saying? OG Bobby Johnson Q, uh, we got uh we got Dave East from Harlem, uh Nas Nas artist. You okay. know what I'm saying? So we have a kinda of got a little oh, we got Puerto Rico from Murder Al, you know what I'm saying? Jacksonville. So we got a um kinda of, kinda of little star study little E P, if you will. But it's on live mixtapes, Spinrella, um my mixtapes, Ben Rilla, Dad Piff, my mixtapes. And it's about to be on iTunes in a minute. I think we're going to do a deal with um, Empire. So shit should be everywhere. Okay. Promoted everywhere and all that type of good shit. So. All right. 
Now, before we end this podcast, first of all, I, I want to I want to thank you for sitting down with me, Belize. I mean, like I said, we, we've kind of uh, navigated around each other for years. I've always appreciated all, all of the music that you've done. You know, I'm a, I'm a legitimate fan. I'm definitely going to be picking up that mixtape with Bigger Rangers. Um, you know, I love all of the old music. Uh, you know, one of my favorite records that you always, that you ever did was that, that, that sample with Baby Come Back. Like, cause that was just, back then that wasn't some shit that nobody was, was thinking about doing at that point. You know, it ended up being, a, I, it, it's so funny. I, I just, just kind of as an aside, when I saw it on a, um, on a State Farm commercial, like the, the original song, I, the only thing I thought about was you. I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> Man, <laughs> so, but I want to I want to thank you for for the time, man. Um, you know, if you ever need anything from me, anything I can do for you from Atlanta, you know that I'm happy to do it. I know Big is already up here. If there's anything, any projects that you got going on, any music that I can push out through any of the mediums that I'm doing, I'm always happy to do it. But before I end the podcast, I, I do the same thing with just about everybody. Uh, from an artist standpoint, um, I, I have to ask you. If all of this ended tomorrow and you had to write a message on your tombstone that defined how you wanted to be remembered, what would you want it to say? Anybody is looking for me, you can hit me up on uh, on the email at brandonkobejacobs at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at brandonkobejacobs and on Snapchat at bkjest1984. This is Belize, and you are listening to the Established 1984 podcast. Take care. Yo. <laughs>